for the first time ever. You're 24-7, 48-7, 7-11, <laughs> I-95 South, and now Lexington, Kentucky, European TV champion is officially declaring the Royal Rumble. Our truth is in. The bigger they come, the harder they fall. You may be a big, big, big man, but I know you will go flying over that top rope, Paul Heyman. Paul oh, Heyman? Speaking to the macho man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. Careful you don't hurt your neck again going through those ropes. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Welcome to Boot to the Face, episode 65. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, Chris Rucker. I'm here with my boy, Marty Vasquez. Marty, say what's up to the listeners and tell them where they can find us on all platforms. What is up? It's a beautiful Sunday morning, and you can find us all week long at Boot to the Face on Twitter, at Boot the number two, the face, as well as Boot to the Face underscore on instagram so how's your week been man i know you got a big day ahead uh man, I'm a, nfc championship i'm not gonna lie the week's been kind of crazy um work's been weird uh just not, not not work itself but like customers coming to the store like the last week and a half mm-hmm. i feel like it's been a full moon for like three weeks straight like it's just like what the fuck um but other than that <clears throat> been a great week went to disneyland the other day this California Adventure did some rides. I was a little irritated at the fact that Rise of the the new Star Wars ride was supposed to be open. Then we get there and it's like, oh no, it's opening up tomorrow. Well, then why the fuck the TV ad saying open now? Fucking you know, assholes. I thought about this. I'm glad you brought it up because I saw your post the other day. We've talked about this before. I think people that go to Disneyland, and Disney World with no kids, weird. I don't give a shit what y'all say. You. Fucking Cody and Brandy, Zack Ryder and Chelsea, all of y'all. Y'all a bunch of fucking weirdos. Y'all need to start like a cult. Or a click or something. I bet there probably is one. Grown-ups I mean, that love Disney. I have a lot of no friends. Kids. Alexa Bliss, throw her up in there. You know, I'm well, cool with that. She's only like four I, foot eleven, so she's a child. She can, basically. She can only hang out in Tin Toontown. Yeah, she she basically needs an adult to go with her to get on the rides. <laughs> I will gladly be that adult. Um, yeah, fuck you. Disneyland <laughs> is the happiest place on earth. It's yeah, a good times for they children. Have, they have. They have shit there that kids can't go do. They got bars there now, too. Kids can't be going to no bars. Yeah, for the parents that are tired of their little shitty-ass kids running around complaining and bitching after all that money they spent. If you don't want to get all irritated with them shitty-ass kids running around, don't take no shitty-ass kids with you. And you know what I know about the best part? Oh, well, I got to wait for 35 to 45 minutes for this bullshit-ass Dumbo ride? Guess what? Oh, this ride is 60-minute wait? Oh, single rider line? Here I come, five minutes, boom. What's your grown ass doing on a Dumbo ride anyway? I wasn't. I'm just saying with the kids there, those are the rides they want to ride. Jackass. Hey, man, live your best life. Whatever. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. <laughs> man, we got a lot. We got... Yes. By the way, today is a big day. NFC Championship. Go Chiefs. Green Bay Packers. San Francisco 49ers. Shit ain't going to be the same as last time. And shit's going down. 
defense is there, offense is there, coaching's there. Not like the old fucker who's somewhere in Dallas now. Um, shit's set and ready to go off today. It's going to be a much different game. You know, if they lose, that's one thing. I don't want them to lose. Um, it's going to be a good game. That's all I care about. Because compared to the last game, that game was bullshit. Um, we have a running game now. Our defense is better than it was then. It's been one of the best defense over the last eight weeks of the season. And that's fact. Um, but yeah. Adams is back um, and actually part of the offense now, not just trying to get him back into the system. He's Graham playing. He's really um, good. Yeah, the rest of the, of the receiving core is starting to pick up some slack. Um, I, I think it's going to be a much different game than it was last time. Yeah, I'm picking the 49ers and the Chiefs. Yeah, but you're picking the 49ers because you're a fucking Packer hater, so that's the difference. That, no, I think, the, I think the 49ers are better than the Packers. I didn't expect the Packers to beat Seattle last week. I think the 49ers are better. Um, it's got nothing to do with me not wanting Green Bay to go, even though I do hate Green Bay. I mainly just hate Aaron Rodgers and their cocksucker fan base. But um, Wow. Tell me how you really feel, dickhead. Hey, I didn't say you. I'm just saying most of their fans are assholes. If you fit into that group, then what? it is what it is. Um, I am a fan, and I am an asshole, so I guess that's like pinpointing me right on right there. Well, then there you go. Then you're the reason. You want to know why I hate the Packers so much? You just look because at because Des dropped it. Look at that little box up in your right hand corner on your Skype video right now, and that's why I hate the Packers so damn much. <laughs> um, you want to know the best part about that? Is that's a Super Bowl title winning team, and where did they win that Super Bowl? AT and T. Hey, we got a coach that won it there, so he knows something about winning championships in Dallas. Hopefully, he can bring that over there. Anyhow, let's let's. Uh, Obviously, I'm going with the Chiefs. That's where I was born in Kansas City. My entire family, like my Facebook feed, has just been all red and gold all week. So if they win, that'd be great for my hometown because they they need some good news there. Because usually, when they're in the news, it's somebody getting killed or murdered or something like that. So, but let's get into it. A uh, lot, lot of news breaking. Let's get into the news first, Marty. Your boy, the villain, Marty Scurll. We just talked about him. Last week, and then a couple hours after we get done recording, <laughs> news breaks that he re-signs with ROH reportedly for five years at 500k per year and will be the lead booker. I got two questions about this. The first one... Before we... Before we no, go ahead. Ask your questions. Ask your questions. All right. Before... Uh, the first question I got is how do you feel about... Your one of your favorite wrestlers sticking around ROH who has no TV contract anywhere. You have to pay to see everything they do, and it's going to be in front of like fifty to three hundred people every every week. How do you feel about him sticking around ROH? I feel like that's a horrible decision, and I'm gonna throw what I was gonna say into this answer now. Um, we posted it, we talked about it online, <clears throat> got a lot of hate for it. Um, people talking about how it's. His decision, it's good for him. Cool. That's not what we're fucking saying. You know what? We're fucking on Twitter. We're throwing out our opinion. If you don't like it, fucking scroll on. When it comes down to it, yes, he is my one of my favorite wrestlers. I love watching the guy. I think his character is fantastic. I think he's a great talent. Um, him signing there, if the money is what it says, kudos to him. Great fucking job. Um, but what happens... When the contract lasts longer than the organization, <laughs> you, maybe you know he'll be on WCW. You know they all had those guaranteed contracts <laughs> when Vince bought them out, and he'll get to sit on the shelf if he doesn't want to. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't. Yeah, know. I mean that's why I some people didn't show up till 15 years later in the WWE. Look, uh, man, don't take shots, but, at the Stinger. I, I didn't say names. I why? Know if, you, I, know I mean, if, if the shoe fucking fits. I mean, if you want to get personal, we can start getting personal. Uh, <laughs> You call me an asshole fan base. Um, well, I mean, that's true, though. You don't talk about the Stinger. Well, anyways. In this, in this goddamn podcast right now. <laughs> Let me get back to what I was saying. Um, if, the, if the dollar is there, that's great. But being lead book, that's like, that's like being the dullest tool in the shed. You know, you can't do so much. There's, there's a difference between a flathead shovel and a spade. One's going to dig, and one's going to sh- just push things around. 
you, you can't do you can't do the same thing with both of them. So you may get money, you may get booking talent, and you may get writing whatever it is. What does that do when nobody's watching it? Mm. And now I'm pissed off because now I got to keep my annual subscription to Ring of Honor to watch him wrestle mm. because I guarantee if he's not there, I'm probably not tuning in because at that point it's the Briscoes, it's Taven, it's lethal at times, but his whole tag team, Gresham, it just doesn't do nothing for me. So there isn't much that draws me to watching Ring of Honor. Um, it's just, I guarantee he gets opportunities other places. He's going to get the money to come his way. But if nobody's watching the product, you're not going to get the money. You could be the best pitcher in the league, but if you're playing in a you know low market, it's not going to do you no good until you get more exposure. Simple as that. I mean, the, the number one objective as a free agent is to sh- secure the bag. So I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad at it to begin with. I think he would have been great in NXT. I think he would have been great in AEW. I think he probably would have made... Now, this is guaranteed money he's getting here. But I think overall, he would have made way more. But then again, who knows what he's doing with merch and stuff like that. Because he's got his own merch stuff with, with PWTs. So who knows how much money he's really getting. This could be a great deal for him. I'm sure the... The travel isn't awful if he wants to go back and forth across the pond to go back home and see family and stuff like that. I worry about Marty's decision-making, though. I mean, he doesn't know when to stay. He doesn't know when to go. He stays with ROH. He doesn't know who to keep. He doesn't know who to let go. He stays with ROH, but he leaves Deanna Peraza. I mean, this dude clearly needs help making decisions in his life. But, you know, good for him. That's $2.5 million guaranteed over the next five years. Like, Honestly, nobody can be mad at that. Now, when you look at it in the grand scheme of pro wrestling, if you're a fan of his, you obviously wanted him to be on a bigger stage. So my next question is a two-parter, and it's why. Does he know something about AEW that we don't, and is Marty afraid of the big stage? I don't think he's afraid of the big stage. Um, The bigger question is if if all your friends – are in AEW. Are they really friends though? That exactly. That that's 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 what I'm getting to. Like, is that really the case? Like, here we go. Wrestle Kingdom last year. Then we have a ticker. We have the tickers the entire time. Then we have the ticker to um, the elite. Uh, all AEW being announced, and then we have a ticker with contracts being released. And then they're all tickers with everyone showing up at AEW. And then there's one more ticker. And like, well, who the hell is that going to be? Is that going to be Marty? Is it going to be what? What's going to happen? And then he just stays longer. <clears throat> and the you know, AEW is getting you know, it's getting bigger. It is. It's let's be honest. I mean, it's it's bigger than it was a, a year ago because it's now it is something. It's tangible. Uh, but if all his friends are there, people he's been wrestling with for years, and they're they got their own organization, but you'd rather stay at Ring of Honor. The, Either they didn't want him there, which is saying something, if that's the case, or he just didn't want to go there, and he's just looking out for the money altogether. Um, it's it's interesting to find out why, because that's it, a very odd situation to where he doesn't – like, they have the money. They're paying that guys to be there. Mm-hmm. So were they not willing to give Marty Scroll the money when he was clearly the breakout star of the group? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. He must know something that we don't. Maybe, like I said, maybe they're all not as cool as we'd like to think they are. Maybe he's just comfortable. I mean, everybody doesn't want the travel and the glitz and the glam that goes with being a big. Maybe he's comfortable being as big as he is now, showing up at NWA. I mean, the guy's getting five hundred k a year. Like, I mean, and the one thing <laughs> I'm thinking about is like, you know, we talk about that and him going everywhere, and maybe it's the fact that he just wants to be on his own. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got his own. He's got built an enterprise, which he developed. He built himself. He's got, you know, he's got a following there. He's not in anyone's shadow. He is the son. Like he's the one casting down on everything. So maybe that, maybe the intrigue of him being able to do his own thing without having to worry about: Am I in Cody's shadow? Am I in Omega's shadow? Um, am I going to get my opportunity to move up? Well, you know, they tried pushing Adam Page. Um, are the Bucks there? You know, he when it comes to the Ring of Honor. 
you have your Taven, you have your Lethal, and then you have Marty Scroll. Th- those are the three big names on that company. And the one person who's getting more exposure than everybody else, despite him being in Ring of Honor, is Marty Scroll. He's the one going. You, you don't you don't see Jay Lethal going everywhere else. You don't see Taven going around everywhere else as much as he used to. Uh, Marty's the only one popping up other places of legitimacy and and actually giving content that of that's quality other places and that his partnership and here's the thing with the partnership with nwa he could have had that with AEW also so i mean they talk about how they can have they're gonna have their, their talent do things other places and they've let them do other things other places so either the partnership with nwa isn't there and he he's a better you know, obviously nick aldis is there we know that the history the two of them have maybe that bond is stronger than what they is with the guys AEW, and being able to work with him is what intrigues him to keep his contract the way it is. Because a big portion of it is the fact that he's able to work with NWA. Well, closing out with this topic, I will say if he, him being the lead booker and, and re-signing gets ROH to be as big as they were a couple years ago and he, it only happens because of him, then he clearly made the right decision and that's probably why he wanted to do it so he could take credit for that. But at the same time, the elite left ROH a year and a half ago, and it's gone to the shitter, and he's been there the whole time. So I don't think this changes much. I mean, how how much experience does Marty have as a booker anyway? Like, we don't know how much control he's had over his own character and shit like that for the longest. So, And that's one thing. Who knows? But if you, if you look at that year and a half, the booking that they've done for him has been awful. Horrendous. Like, it really has been. I mean, he, he's booking, and his, the champion is PCO. I mean that gives opportunity for him to go up against that for that title. Also, we're gonna he's gonna be an NWA champion pretty soon. AEW. Watch the product. Yeah. What the fuck is AEW? AEW gets a contract extension with TNT through the year 2020 with a money option through 2024. Uh, this is big, obviously, because people that said they wouldn't be around for a year are now completely wrong because they'll be around for at least three more years. At reportedly forty-five million per, so that's that's pretty good deal. Um, and on top of that, it's reported that they will have another hour on a different night of programming. And to tie in with that news, the Taz podcast will be on hiatus because he's been hired as a full-time commentator, which I love because Taz was so good a couple times. He's been on there to me, and I think they should put Jr. on the one-hour show and put Taz on dynamite that's just my opinion uh what do you got with all that news i just gave you um i think it's awesome like i'm also a big fan of AEW, and i'm glad they're gonna be sticking around and ho- i hope that the fact that this is announced and they, they, they sign a contract for a longer term period i hope that that brings people to the product you know the 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 uncertainty of is this even going to be around? I mean, there's yeah. people who who don't watch TV shows until the Me. second or third season Me. because they don't want to invest that time. Um, there's some shows on like Netflix and, and Amazon Prime I want to watch, but I haven't yet because I don't want to fucking get tied into it. And then all of a sudden it's gone because it happens to me a lot. I find Dude, these shows I love. Do you know how mad I am? Gone. You know how mad I am that they canceled the unit after the season they canceled it? Like, it was the biggest cliffhanger in the history of shows that I've watched. Really? Me and my wife are waiting. We're waiting for the damn next season. And then it gets reported that they didn't bring it back. And it's like, oh, so they're just at this big gala and people come in and start shooting at them. And we don't know who's dead and who's alive. And y'all just not gonna come back for one more season, right? Like, I mean, biggest cliffhanger. I spent three seasons watching, you know, two guys going to pizza place, and it comes down to a fan vote of what's gonna happen to who the next season. And all of a sudden, it fucking goes on hiatus and never comes back. Fuck you, Ryan Reynolds. Where's that shit? Give me that finish of that series. <laughs> fucking so, Deadpool. I guess Anyways. you're right. I guess <laughs> you're yeah. right about people not wanting to get invested in it if they don't know if it's gonna stick. Right. That makes sense. You know, so hopefully that brings people there. Um, the fact they got a contract and there's going to be a big money contract. Hopefully that draws in more um, higher caliber talent because they got a lot of talent, top talent there. But you know, there's there's other people out there wrestling, other organizations that could do better in AEW than where they're currently sitting, as well as doing better than some of the talents already there. Sammy Guevara, I'm talking about you. Um, but they're they're just this the fact that they're doing it. I, I love that. Um, you made some other. <clears throat> what were the some of the other comments you made or questions you asked? 
There was one more I wanted to hit about Taz and uh, being full time commentator. Yes, I love it. So Taz, the few times the I think the last time Taz was on, um, he he was in for Tony, right? Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I I love Tony being on there and commentary. I honestly think that you have uh, have them, you know, and they take Jr. off. And I think that three right there is a is is ridiculously good. I'm good um, with Tony and Taz alone, and you can take take the guy with the mask off too. But the only problem with that is he's the only one who knows anybody's name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the one thing you get by Jr. not being there. Is he's not making up bullshit ass names either. Um, but no, I think I think Taz. I, so I, <laughs> I I used to hate Taz as a wrestler. I, yeah, he's same. A great, he's a fucking asshole. I just hated him. Come yeah. out with your bullshit ass tell. Fucking sit back in the back room, Joker. Like just sit back there, okay? Um, this ain't next yeah. Friday. Chill, fucker. But he would. <laughs> but his when he, he was commenting on no he, Leroy, I'm bilingual. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me, puppet. <laughs> No more locked doors. <laughs> no more locked doors. <laughs> uh, That's yeah, it. So I don't. Who knows what your point was? It's gone. <laughs> uh, no, but like when he was on Sunday Night Heat, I used to love it. That was the, like the best part. Um, and then when he came on the commentary on on the main roster on the main shows, you know, he was a great part of talent of the, of that. And it was because he was like a fresh. Talent. It's like I compare it to like Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, I fucking can't stand him as a wrestler. Fuck you, Joe. But and he, he kind of comes out the same exact way as Taz did. But when you put Joe behind the mic on the commentary table, he's fucking money. Same concept. Tony Romo hated him as a quarterback. Not gonna lie. But put him behind the mic. Holy shit, tune me in. There's a difference between that and a color commentator who's just there to talk. I'd rather listen to. Taz talk all day long about wrestling because he knows wrestling better than like like some other people that are in it. Or he's more fresh or in tune with the product and now mm-hmm. outdated and giving us bullshit as reference that we don't care to listen to anymore. Mm. I look at you, King Lawler. I was watching a Royal Rumble from i don't remember what year it was i some reason my network was messing up yesterday like i kept trying to watch the first women's royal rumble and and none of that royal rumble would work but then i could go back and watch other royal rumbles but that one particular one would not work and i don't know why uh um, the worst was on oscar right yeah, yeah 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 and then it was ruined by ronda that's right but um i was watching one other match and it was michael cole jerry lawler and jbl commentating and you got michael cole trying to explain to the fans, the leverage and stuff like that of a submission move. And it's like, what the fuck do you know? Like, you've never wrestled before. You got two Hall of Famers sitting right next to you that could explain this, and you'd rather talk over the top of them. And, I mean, obviously, Jerry Lawler wouldn't do that. But JBL was really good on commentary, I thought. Like, And he was good at explaining stuff, too. So, In, in a way that you didn't feel stupid, yeah. but that you understood what he was talking about. Yeah. Like when Michael Cole talks about it, it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. We already know that. Yeah. Quit plugging the network. We get it. Nine ninety nine. Shut the hell up. Although Michael Cole has come a long way and I, I don't mind him as much as everybody else hates on him. Uh, I, I Marty, don't mind him either. I think it's kind of funny that the guy, the lead commentator on Raw, they've got someone who sounds almost identical to Michael Cole though. Like did they fucking Yeah, just is that not crazy? Room? Like they're saying like, is he back on Raw? And I'm like, oh no, is that fucker again? Never mind. I, I think that know. every time too, like I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh shit, Michael Cole's back. And then they show them standing there talking and it's not Michael Cole. So that's that's crazy you said that. I've been meaning to bring that up for a couple of weeks and completely forgot about it. Um I watched The Rock beat CM Punk at Royal Rumble the other day and I just there could not be a better finish in wrestling for me. Than CM Punk losing for 434 days to the most electrifying man in sports entertainment and making him throw a hissy fit and eventually quit wrestling. <laughs> you bring that up, and I was actually thinking about this the other day because I've been watching some old rumbles, and I, this is my favorite part of the year. I will go, I will watch a rumble match every damn day because I fucking love rumble. Um, but if you look at that storyline, that gives us the fucking storyline for Roman versus Rock. He was the shield and kept fucking the rock over to the point where if the shield touched the rock at any point, whether it's connection to punk or not, punk lost his title. Yep. Like, and then of course they came out and they beat him up and the rock was like, 
no, fuck the events. Like, we're not doing it. Restart the match. And it's like the whole storyline was just thrown away, though. Like, right. you still, the Shield were like, whatever. We don't give a shit if Punk loses the belt. Let's go <laughs> whoop his ass anyway. <laughs> I don't know. That storyline just made no sense to me. Like, the way it was set off. But anyway, that's five, six years ago. Let's go around the world of the sport of professional wrestling, Marty. And we will start in whatever town Monday Night Raw was in this week. And I thought... I said this the other day. I think Monday Night Raw has probably been the best wrestling show on TV for like a month and a half now. Like, it's been really good. There hasn't been any dead spots. I know a lot of people don't like the Lana Lashley and Liv thing. I enjoy it every time. Like, I haven't been creeped out like some people have. Uh, but Raw Lexington, Kentucky. That's right. I was about to bring that up because my first bullet point I got written down here is R-Truth. The show starts off with R-Truth, Lesnar, and Paul Heyman in the ring. And I've watched this like five times since then. Just, the dude is so good. Even Lesnar, like, people could say Lesnar was supposed to be, but I think Lesnar was laughing, like, seriously. Even my wife walked by and she was watching. She's like, oh my god. He looks like he's got a legit laugh going on. (laughs) Like, Truth is, and the way he can hold his face and be serious and, like, dumbfounded by, like, wait, you not in the Royal Rumble, Paul? Like, well, let me be the first one to undeclare for the, <laughs> the whole thing. I don't, I don't want nothing. I don't want, I don't want Brock Lesnar. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing was money. Like, he came out there just, like, ready to whoop Paul Heyman's ass. And then when he found out it was Brock, he's like, nah. I'm out this bitch. My bad. Oh, my God. My bad. And we've, been, I've been, we've been saying it for damn near two and a half, three years now. Like, Truth has been on. There hasn't been a single storyline with Truth that hasn't been good. Since Bruh. little Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, Way back then when like he got that. a title shot against Cena. Like, he gets over whatever they give him. But, like, his, like... I was still irritated at the fact that we never got a conclusion to the Golden Truth storyline because that was a good storyline. I thought that was a, a great story, um, and it was gonna, it was turned out to going to be a good feud. Obviously, Dustin went got hurt and they let, and then also now he's not on the awesome truth. Now. But awesome truth was dope too. When's the last awesome time you liked truth the Miz? Exactly. Back when he was with R True. Like a long time ago, and then Carmella, him and Carmella were money. Oh I God. mean. It was ridiculous. Do you remember when like, him and him and him and Miz jumped into hell in a cell, and it was it seen that they beat the shit out of, and they had to call the cops on them because they they had been fired, and they came out and like that whole thing was dope, and that was the only time I've ever taken Miz seriously as a wrestler was when he was running around in awesome true. It was yeah, and I mean if you look at carmella was on was 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 high on the roster before that and then now she's kind of just kind of falling back into everywhere but truth no matter what <clears throat> the only reason why anyone even cares about that title is because it's truth if it's anybody else holding that title nobody gives a shit who won it from them that night do you remember who won it from him oh uh, boy there used to be uh the one who runs around with gronk i don't stay hype or i don't get hype. oh that's right mojo yeah <clears throat> i forgot about that um yeah but uh, yeah i just Anytime Truth has the mic, I know it's going to be great. I know it's going to be entertaining. And that promo to start the show off, it made me like, I'm not going to lie. That was probably the best or the most entertained I was with a Brock Lesnar promo or bit in a very long time. All right. Hear me out. I know it's a couple months off. Truth wins money in the bank some kind of way. Brock's feuding with... Whoever and AOP and Rollins and all them jump Brock and beat the shit out of him and Truth cashes in and wins the belt. Yes. Who, who's gonna hate that? No one. Who's gonna that, be mad at I'm that? I'm not gonna lie. That might get a bigger pop than Kofi winning the title of Mania. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know one, you know that's gonna be inside. That, that that'll be at an inside arena. Yep. They might lose that fucking roof on that building because you know there ain't not a single person that's gonna be pissed off. One, it's Brock fucking Lesnar. And two, it's our truth. It fucking writes itself. And then don't just have him win it and lose it the next night. Like, remember he had that U.S. title run where he kept winning with roll-ups and stuff like that? Let him keep winning title, like defending the belt, the and then barely winning by the skin of his teeth for a couple months. The best part about it was him being walking around, running around the title, thinking it's the 24-7 title. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Oh, man. Truth would make that rain so Oh, good. man. This ain't the 24-7 title? My bad. 
My bad. I swear to God, if he wins the belt, I'll get side plates to go on my WWE <laughs> replica belt. Right now, it's just got the WWE logo, and I'm debating on The Rock or Kofi. But if Truth wins the belt, Truth is going on there. That's, <laughs> That's it. Um, we, need, we need to start that. Truth for, ta- truth for champion. Truth for champion. Hashtag that. Uh, a lot of people are really excited about this. I don't see the hype around him besides his look, but he does nothing for me. But it seems like they're stirring up a push for Drew McIntyre. Uh, he's he's showed a lot more personality lately. He's literally a tweener. I mean, he's in a three-way match, standing in the middle of Randy Orton, Babyface, and AJ Styles, the heel. He gets the win. He's talking a lot of shit. What are the chances that they have Drew McIntyre win the Royal Rumble? And are they... Are they trying to get him fired up as a babyface to go against Brock at the Royal Rumble? And is that something you'd be interested in seeing? Um, I, I think it's a legitimate. I, I've been saying that McIntyre is probably a favorite to win. I was even talking about McIntyre being a favorite last year to win it. Because um, <clears throat> if you don't remember last fall, he was getting the push. Yeah. And he was in the main title picture for most of 2018. And, and then, then much like what always happens, he got injured. Yep. And then he got cold. And then when he came back, he wasn't nobody was behind him the way he was beforehand. Um, then they tried putting him in that little tripod with uh, Ziggler and everything, and it, and it didn't really fly um, this last summer. But I think McIntyre. I know, I know you're not really a fan of him, but and I wasn't in back in the day. But since he's come back, I've I've kind of been behind him. I, I like the guy. I like the look. Um, <clears throat> he's got. He's the only person on the roster who's got a finishing move that's protected. Much like that of Randy Orton, um, Orton's only had the the uh, um, RKO kicked out twice in like the last fifteen years, and I, I think we've only had one person kick out of the Claymore. Um, and I, I think that he's got the tools that 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 hold him up there. I don't I don't know if they're going to give him the title or not because they they keep I feel like he's one I think he deserves a title I think he'd be good with the title for a little run definitely better than Brock Lesnar but <clears throat> I think he's one if they keep he's all, I feel like he's in the WWE's eyes he'll always be the bridesmaid never the bride um aesthetically I wouldn't mind seeing him and Brock squaring off but the match itself does nothing for me like I think Brock does better with people smaller than him that he can just bully around I mean, I, I've been pushing for Lashley versus Lesnar for the longest. I think, I mean, people are going to kill me for this. I think Lashley's better in the ring than McIntyre is. Like, when Lashley gets let go and gets the reins taken off of him, the dude can go. Um, but I just, nothing about McIntyre does it for me versus Lesnar. Besides, like I said, them squaring off and you having that, oh, shit moment. Like, somebody standing up to Brock that's his size as opposed to fucking Rey Mysterio coming out there. But other than that, like, it does nothing for me. Um, yeah, and, and when you look at that, like, here's the thing. <clears throat> when you compare it to, like, the last time that Brock just straight up got his ass beat by Seth Rollins, you know, it's it's more believable when it's getting his ass beat by, uh, you know, McIntyre. Or or I'm not a fan of Lashley, and I don't want to see that match either because, that to me, that's boring because I just don't – Lesnar and, and Lashley just is boring to me. Um, but – when you have like a Lashley or a McIntyre or a Roman in there and they're legitimately beating his ass, it's more believable than and, and you know Seth Rollins beating the shit out of out of um, out of uh, Lesnar. It just yeah. it just it's all about believability. And after Lesnar destroys Braun Strowman, like exactly, yeah, you know, and they keep doing that shit because of the whole you know David and Goliath, you know, the underdog getting it over on Brock. Well, that's cool and all. But it always defeats the purpose of oh he's the beast slayer cool. I, it doesn't it, it's not believable though you know it just that's kind of what it comes down to me and I I see McIntyre in there and I see it believable and I see like the power that he can have uh, and that makes me intrigued about the match and I'm actually I would actually be in tune to that match however I don't I don't feel that's a WrestleMania match though and that's the problem. Uh, Becky and Oscar had a contract signing which. You know, these things never work out how they're supposed to. Like, somebody always gets their ass with contract signing. But I liked it. Uh, Becky continues to make, and Asuka does her part too, but Becky continues to build Asuka up as, like, a legit threat, which I think is lost in a lot of wrestling now where people talk shit about the person that they're going against instead of being like, you know, this person could whoop my ass if I'm not careful. And then she cut a really good promo afterwards. Uh, So... 
I was listening to Busted Open for the first time in forever, and they were talking about how Paige and Charlotte taking the green mist to the face would have made Becky's look so... Becky's the only one that sold it. Like, Paige just stood there like, oh my god, get me some water! I need water for my eyes! It's like, come on, you've had worse stuff in your face than that. It's just green mist. <laughs> Put your headphones back on, Marty. <laughs> But I mean, like, she didn't sell it at all. Charlotte pulled her hair back out of the way to get it. And then Becky's on the ground like she's about to die. And the visual of Becky and them pouring the water in her face and you could see the green mist running out of her eyes, meaning it really got in there. Like, the whole thing was good, I thought. And I'm, to me, this match, I mean, I know it's the Royal Rumble, but if you're going to have a match main event Royal Rumble that's not a Royal Rumble match, this is the one. No other match has to build and the uh, interest of me, anyway, as this one does. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100% on that. Um, what they've done with that, with with the two of them, and the story they've been building since since day one, I mean, this story literally goes back more than a year. Um, and, and the fact that they're putting the fire behind it now to really get it going, it, it, it does have the best. The only other story that has a bigger build than this one is the, the Lashley and Rusev. Yep. And that's not even on the same caliber of a matchup as as Becky and Asuka. Uh, somebody brought this up on something I was listening to. They said, whether by accident or on purpose, WWE didn't give this away by having like Becky beat Asuka on a random Monday Night Raw episode. Like Every time they were in the ring together, Asuka still got the better of her. So now you come to, instead of the 50-50 booking, like Asuka's been dominating her. So now you come to this... Whether it was planned out or not, nothing in the past year since last WrestleMania can compromise the storyline because Becky never beat her. Like every time they've been in the ring, Oscar wins. Tag team, one on one, whatever. So I think they need to go back also to some kind of way. Oscar needs to have that Oscar lock on and hit that bridge that she did. And Becky needs to get out of it some kind of way if Becky's going to win. Because if Oscar doesn't do that, then they'll still be. The... <laughs> I still remember that. I was like, yeah. I can see her tapping out now. <laughs> that shit looks painful. <clears throat> yeah, the whole arena went went silent when that shit was happening. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You were there. Uh, last thing for Raw. Buddy Murphy, Aleister Black put on yet another clinic. And here's another one where the same person is winning over and over again. Aleister Black wins on the Black Mass, even though there was a botch by the referee at the end. Because uh, Alistair Black, uh, not Alistair Black, uh, Buddy Murphy didn't move, and the referee says he kicks out. So hopefully people don't remember that, and it doesn't tarnish Black's finish, because so far nobody's kicked out of it. Um, and then you have the sequence where Murphy's basically knocked out, and he's just sitting outside the ring for the main event, and Seth crawls over to him like, help me, help me. And Murphy comes in and joins the Monday Night Messiah and his gang of AOP and beat the dog shit at a big show. Uh, everything for this, this last like 30 minutes of Raw worked for me. And it was great writing and storytelling and everything just kind of intertwined together. I mean, I liked it. Like, it's shit we've been asking for and now you're getting it. So I don't see how people can still shit on Monday Night Raw after the last month and a half. You want to know how? Because it's Monday Night Raw. That's how. People are fake as fuck. Simple as that. Sheep. It's ridiculous. I mean, Sheep. it is. Like you say, <clears throat> I'll be honest. Monday Night Raw is the one show that I can tell you I have watched every week. Um, there hasn't been a single show of Monday Night Raw that over the last couple of months I have not missed. Um, SmackDown, I may tune out, may miss, a, miss an episode, may not watch all of it. NXT, there's episodes that I don't watch. AEW, episodes I haven't watched or I watched delayed days later. Monday Night Raw is the only one I watch within a day or two. Uh, either the same night or the next day, um, it, because I, it, one, it's the longest show of this, of everything put out of the week. But it is; it's the one that's giving the most like consistent show or quality throughout from start to finish of the show. And you could say about oh, this show has been nonstop; it's, it's on fire. Yeah, it's on. It's giving great, great stories and, and wrestling for an, an hour of two. But what about the rest of it? Whereas Raw is doing solid content for three hours. Yep. And like you said, there hasn't been many, if any, 
um, very slow moments in it. Yeah, there's part there's things I don't like or care about, but it doesn't mean it's not entertaining or it doesn't mean it's not quality. It's just something that's not my fixing. Yep. Um moving on to Wednesday night, AEW. Um I'm gonna try to be positive about AEW tonight, but I do wanna say that women's match was atrocious. Uh there was a <laughs> a segment in it where Chris Statliner kicked Mel, is that her name? Um, and she completely missed. And then she did that little moonsault, and it wasn't there. I don't understand why you have all of these really good women's wrestlers, but you're forcing Brandy Rhodes in the ring, along with this male lady who's who's not very good. AEW needs house shows. Uh, they really do. Because this is where WWE gets their practice in. Like, when they got a big storyline... Like right now, I can guarantee you Becky and Oscar are in the ring at every house show loop that they're doing with one another right now. I can guarantee you Lashley, Rusev, Liv, and Lana are all getting their work in right now to do it. This is where AEW needs house shows. And I say that and also want to say, even though I just complained about her uh, move and whatnot, Chris Statliner could be the biggest star in the women's division if they give her the ball and let her run with it. She's got, like, she looks like a beast. She's got the alien gimmick, which, you know, all of y'all love aliens and trying to raid Area 51 and bang the aliens or whatever. So, you know, y'all fucking weirdos. Same people I'm, that go I'm, to I'm, Disneyland with no kids, those kind I'm of people leave, aren't I'm going to leave my comment alone about that one. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think, I think Statliner could be a huge star in the women's division if they... If they let her run with the ball, but this match was awful. Yeah, I there there wasn't much on AEW this week that made me excited or was happy with it. It wasn't the greatest show. The card wasn't that great. It was there are some decent things about the card. Um, there were some great things about the card, but but yeah, the matches themselves. It didn't really do anything for me. The, the the promos for the show and maybe one match, two, um, really did it for me this week. But other than that, yeah, the women. I, we keep saying the women's matches haven't been what they should be with AEW compared to the women's matches across the board in every other organization. And that's where they're dropping the ball in. I, people can complain about what we say about that all day long, but it's fucking fact. We're not making this shit up. Compare the women's division to the women's division of any other organization. Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE. It doesn't matter. They don't compare. And there's a reason. Because the people that are getting pushed in AEW's division aren't the same caliber that should be. One, they're not the ones that should be getting pushed in the first place. Like if Rio we Lesnar? You know, if we were talking about AEW, or WWE and back Three years ago, when people were bitching about the the Bella's getting pushed, guess what? The Nikki Bella, pushed a- Nikki Bella would be far away the biggest star in that division right now. Exactly, and that you can kiss my ass anybody that don't like it because Nikki Bella is way better, more polished, a bigger star than anybody in that women's division right now. I don't right. care about what they did in Japan and all kind of other shit they've done across seas. What I watch every Wednesday night on TV sucks. Exactly. So when people are bitching about the about the battles getting pushed three four years ago, <clears throat> the women that are getting pushed in Ring of Honor or AEW are nowhere close to the same talent, are not giving the same production that even the Bellas were giving. Not saying the women's division, there's no women on there that can't compete or aren't doing better, but they're not the ones getting pushed, and that's the difference. Um, Cody with another Jedi type mind mic segment again. Like the dude is so good on the mic. Come out there looking like uh what's his name from Miami Vice? I lost his name now. Damn it. Don Johnson. Yeah, come out there looking like Don Johnson with the white linen suit on and the loafers. I was like, Cody, what the hell are you wearing? Um he kind of flubbed his lines a little bit. He repeatedly said he wanted to get the 10 lashes or whatever, but other than that, like the whole segment was good. I'm excited that they're having a cage match when they come here in Atlanta. That'll be good. Um, the fact that he just tore into like MGF and like his family and his parents, and then he's a fucking stage boy. Like that's that's. Cool. I love the line of "You made a mistake making me fight Wardlow because after I fight him, people are going to realize 
you should be carrying his bags and not the other way around. Basically saying you're a little punk ass bitch and this guy's really good and he shouldn't be your lackey. So Warlow's so you could only see Warlow and MJF sitting backstage and Warlow looking at him like, yeah, why the fuck am I carrying your bags? <laughs> um Moxley this guy, if they do this right, he could be the biggest star in wrestling this year. Like, not AEW, not NXT, wrestling, like the entire world, the fucking multiverse, like everything. He could be the biggest star in it if they did it right. The guy has just got a connection with the crowd that nobody else in AEW has, besides Cody, maybe. And I, I would even argue that he's got a better connection than Cody for the fact that he's been in the limelight and the spotlight and left. much bigger and yeah. longer than Cody has been. Um, if they did that right, you know, just the, the sky's the limit. You're fucking reading my mind there because, like, what they've been doing with him since he came over, what he's doing in New Japan, um, I honestly believe that he's going to be the one that dethrones Jericho. Yeah. And then it's going to even make that – then you elevate this whole to a whole new level because he will be a fighting champion. And then we get a storyline with Cody eventually. And I think that's that even elevates even higher, uh, and they both elevate each other to a whole new level. But yes, I like I I don't want to use the term breakout star because obviously Moxley is a made man, like he really is. But without a doubt, like the fact he left the the worldwide the, yeah, leader in sports entertainment, yeah, you know, he left WWE and is essentially even he is the biggest name in wrestling. Outside of WWE, there is nobody bigger than his name anywhere else. Um, but yeah, if you said if they don't screw it up and they do it right, which they've been doing, it's going to be ridiculous of the level he reaches. Um, a common thread on our show the past couple weeks, we talked about this guy the past couple months about how AEW's dropped the ball with him. Another good show by Hangman, just like. They screwed it up at the beginning, and I was the first one to say it, and I'll be the first one now to say that they are doing great by him with the storyline they got going on. And him turning on Omega when it happens and beating Omega's ass is just going to be so much fun to watch. And and you say that, and I, I feel like they dropped the ball. Like, looking back at things, I feel like they were dropping the ball on him on purpose to build him up the way they built him up. I don't know um, about that. I I do. I think that they they one well one. I think they were pushing other people instead of him. Uh, obviously, when you look at it, they they push Pac over him without a doubt. Um, but I feel like the the him going like getting pushed down and not getting the opportunity and and the rebuild of him coming back up has been bigger than it was than it was beforehand. Um, especially with the fan base who may not necessarily know Adam Page, where they know Omega and the Bucks and Cody, and they don't know Page, it gives an opportunity to show the, showcase Adam Page and let them build him up in front of the fans, and they get that following there. Because let's be honest, everyone fucking loves Page. They do. Um, now I'm not saying that. I mean, I, I'm just speculating, but I feel that some of what they did with his character was in point to bring him back up. Um, not maybe not all of it. Maybe some of it absolutely was bad writing and bad booking, but I think some of it was in play of what they were going to do long term with him. And then they have them all coming over. You know that we talked about this when they first started. Are the elite eventually going to start fighting each other? Are the elite going to have anything going against you, or are they always going to be the elite and that's what they're going to have and go against everyone else in the industry in the in the in the organization? Well, this was the first one, and they've been doing it since day one of showcasing. Adam Page against the elite and kind of separating and coming back and separating and he's going to be the first one that breaks off from them and I think that that's been a slow build kind of going working towards that product the entire time uh, the last thing I'll say about AEW before we move to NXT is Joe Janela sucks I mean, I've been saying that for years it's pretty much all I got on it I don't get it uh, and I'm, I'm man I don't know what the hell's going on Martin I know you're going to get mad at this but I'm starting to like Orange Cassidy <laughs> <laughs> if if the if the wasn't enough, <laughs> fucking orange cat in a Disney comment, <laughs> fucking three strikes, bro. Three fucking strikes. I was watching it. I was just like, oh my god, this fucking guy again. And then I'm watching it, and I find myself like laughing along and enjoying it. It's the dumbest thing in the world, but man, it's it's 
you know, if I can like R Truth, I can like Orange Cassidy. Although he's nowhere near in the same. His fucking shin kicks. I just want to punch him in the face. Like, (laughs) oh right, that's the fuck. If someone's shin kicking me, why don't you just punch him in the fucking face? Like seriously, because he's got you mesmerized. You're just like, oh my god, look at this guy. Like he's just so not giving a shit. He could, I bet he could really whoop my ass if I made him mad. And then before you know it, he's doing a dive with his hands in his pockets. <laughs> Why are you I'm shaking your head? I hate you right now. Let's go. Really to, let's go. Right let's go to NXT. Uh, Keith Lee, superstar. Um, he's getting there. Superstar. He's gonna no, be. He's, he's gonna there. be. A, he's, he's gonna be a main a roster champion this year. Not main NXT roster. Champion. Main no. roster champion. No. By the end of this year, I'm predicting it now, January 19th, 2020. By the time December 31st, 2020 rolls around, Keith Lee will have a main roster title. Maybe oh. not. Maybe not the title. Main but roster be, title. Okay. Yeah. I, I took it as main champ. You said main champ, so I, I took it as like, okay, main roster title. Okay, I can see that. You ask. Okay, your- let's let's go ahead and let's up the ante then. Universal or WWE champion. By the end of the year, Keith no. Lee. Yeah. Storyline. Oh, that's, that's my prediction. In the mix, yes. Um, champion, no. All we can do is wait and see. That's my prediction. The guy is so good. Um, Vince loves big guys like that. He can be powerful and he can be a luchador if he wants to. Um, I love the spot where he comes running up and just bullies people out of the way. Uh, the feud right now with with Undisputed Era is so good. Um, and I'll tie that in with this. Undisputed Era is just starting shit with everybody. <laughs> like They pissed everybody off. You got DIY getting back together. You got Keith Lee mad at them. Um, Imperius is getting their asses beat by them. Yeah, Imperium. They they jumped them last week, which was a cool segment. Like they're just they they might be biting off more than they can chew on, especially when their leader's built like a third grader. Um, let's see. Cross that off. <laughs> Let's get to the main event of NXT. What sucks about AEW is what's great about NXT, and that is the women's division. This battle royal was great. Um, Can I say something real quick? Say how Santana was in the main event of NXT? Fuck Shayna Baszler. Why? That was a good good little spot. I liked it. I enjoyed all. All the eliminations in this made sense. It's like people that work for NXT sit down and think about the way the match should go. As opposed to just going out there doing stuff. Like Shayna Baszler put somebody to sleep on the outside of the thing. And then she's doing the little pull peeling your hands off and punching you in the face and kicking you. It all makes sense. Um, it was it, it was such a good battle royal. Oh, and who won? I'm... And who predicted that winner last week on this show? Nostra Rucker? Is that what they call me? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yes, Bianca Belair won, and that, that, that she she deserved it. And like I said, she won it, and she, I I told you she's the one that's going to be in the title picture. But like but like I mentioned earlier, she's a bridesmaid, never the bride. She tell that to Montez Ford. Montez Ford. What? Tell that to Montez Ford, never the bride. He married her. You're telling you know you know what dick. It was a good we main event. Smoke. Um, we smoke. I don't we know who that Shotzi Blackheart lady is, but Shane Baszler's is going to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the Dakota Kai coming out at the end, even though I don't like Dakota Kai. It made sense for her to continue her storyline with Tegan Knox. Uh, I was surprised by Tessa Blanchard Light coming out. Uh, I thought she was done with WWE. Katie Catanzaro. I love I love she, Casey Catanzaro. She looks like love half her. of Tessa Blanchard. Like their faces are so much alike. Like Ricochet clearly has a type. I don't think so. He likes a girl that can take a punch because them jawlines are strong. I keep my comment to myself. I'm the one of us have controversy this week. I don't give a shit. What are people gonna say? Am I lying about anything I've said so far? No, I don't. I don't think that she has anything to look like Tessa Blanchard. Their faces look exactly alike, Marty. She's a lot more feminine looking than Tessa Blanchard is. Oh wow, you saying Tessa has an athletic face? Hey man, they ra- <laughs> they breed them strong in the KKK nowadays. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
I ain't even gonna mess with that. I, I, I have stayed out of so many Tesla Blanchard arguments uh, in the past week and a half. I just sit back and watch people tell on themselves how they feel about certain stuff. Um, let's get back. A great main event. Congratulations to Bianca Belair. The women did very good with this match. AEW's women, AEW NXT's women division has so many like bright spots in it. It's ridiculous. Like you could look around that ring and you could pick at least 10 of those women to win, and they would all make sense. Absolutely. Uh, let's move to SmackDown real quick. Not a lot on SmackDown. SmackDown sucks since they've been on Fox. Can we can we agree on that? Uh, yeah, 100%. And you know what? I thought it was going to be great moving in for Friday night, but it fucking sucks being on Friday night. I mean, I don't mind the Friday night part of it. Uh, I can watch it Saturday morning if I miss it. But it's just, it's not a good show like it used to be. And everybody that's online, it's always blowing Conrad and Bruce Pritchard and all them. They love the fact that Bruce Pritchard took over. And it sucked since he's took, taken over. Like, but nobody's going to point that out. Nobody's going to say that because they're no, all. It was, it was doing better when the. Uh... When good old WCW was running running the show. Uh, Lacey Evans wins a match with Bailey, even though she was supposed to wrestle Sasha because Sasha got injured. So now she gets uh, yeah, a title yeah. match at the Royal Rumble. And I just want to say that Bailey, her entire main roster run, has done absolutely zero for me as the champion. Like, there's no need for her to have the title. Just get the title off of her. And if she went away, I wouldn't miss her at all. Like, Bailey does nothing for me. No, not one bit. Like when she had the heel turn, that was one thing, uh, but then it, it went flat. Um, her gimmick before that as the hugger was annoying to me. Um, her fan base is annoying to me, all of them. Um, but it, she, yeah, let's put it this way Lesnar not being there with the title does more for me, and I can, and people know I can't stand that, than Bailey being there with the title. Yep. Uh, hopefully Lacey will win that even though I don't really like Lacey Evans that much and I like the better in NXT um, but I just I don't want the title on Bayley Roman and the Usos have a backstage segment Marty and the dynamic of it is just not what I wanted it to be it's like you know when you're younger and you go to your family's house for like the holidays and you're hanging out with all your cousins and you got that one square ass cousin that doesn't ever want to do anything and it's like Hey, y'all, let's go down to the park and, like, throw shit. And he's like, well, I don't know. Grandma said we're not supposed to go across the street. And it's like, man, shut the fuck up and come on. Like, if you're going to go tell, go tell. Or, like, when you get older and everybody's, like, smoking and drinking and he's like, I don't know, guys. That's the Roman dynamic. Like, he is such a square compared to the Usos. They're all animated and he's just like, yeah. And later on, I'm going to win the tables match. It's like, come on, Roman. Give me some personality, dog. I know you got it in there. It's. It, I think a little bit is the WWE. Con- I think the WWE controls Roman way too much as far as who he is and what he does on on TV. Um, I think if they, we've been saying this for years, if they just unleashed him and let him do what he wants to do, let him be who he wants to be, I guarantee we get a much better Roman that more people would be on board with, and just be much more entertaining. I love Roman. Yep, but if same. they but but we're only getting a portion of what he could be because the WWE is such a high tight knit hold on him that they won't allow him to to unleash. Yep. Um so let's wrap this up. We got coming down the pike later on this week on Wednesday we will be recording our Royal Rumble predictions that'll that'll drop probably Friday morning where we're going up against Talkamania. And then next Friday, we will be recording our third installment of Boot to Debate. This time, yours truly will be debating, and Marty will be the moderator. And I will be going up against Barry from Doing the Favor, J-Bomb from Talkamania. And our boy Peteopolis has agreed to come aboard and do the four-way. So this should be extremely entertaining <sighs> and funny and can't you know wait to do that. You know the best part about that show? What? Is that's Friday night? I'm moderating, which means I can drink whiskey nonstop and I give a fuck about what I say, and I get to just sit there and listen to I, listening to Pete and Barry go back and forth about getting tilted kilt. It's gonna be fantastic. They'll either be talking about the waitress at the tilted kilt when they met up in Chicago, or they'll be talking about some fucking no name wrestler that nobody cares about from 1973. That didn't get a push in fucking AWA or whatever the hell they talk about. 
living at the foot of the cross. I, I, I'm coming after you, Barry. Oh, this is going to be awesome. shit about my co-host for the last couple of episodes on doing the favor. So I'm going to have to put you in your place come, come boot to debate. I mean, the son of a bitch. <laughs> Barry, need some women for the rest of us, bro. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so, yeah, that's coming up. Uh, this has been Boot to the Face episode 65. Awkward way to end it, but promoting other shit that we got going on. Good episode, Marty. Go Chiefs. Go 49ers. Go Pack Go! I'm Chris Rucker for Marty Vasquez, episode 65. Peace!